Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. It would be awesome if you would go on to Amazon or wherever you've bought Journey of the Soul and leave us a review, just a brief comment. You know, what did you appreciate about the book? And that helps other people to find us. It's uh, really encouraging and helpful for all of us. So go on to Amazon, write that review, and help other people find Journey of the Soul. Thanks. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Welcome to another Soul Talk. Bill and I are so glad to have you with us on this journey of the soul together. And as we are looking at our journeys together today, we want to look most importantly to the great joy that we have in each stage with Jesus. And I'm holding one of our Soul Talk cards here. It's the Help and Discipleship, one of the Help and Discipleship cards. And it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people, Luke 2.52. And then the question on it is, how does it help you to know that Jesus had to learn and grow like you? Well, it helps me immensely because then I'm not alone in the challenges and the opportunities that come. And I have this wonderful model to look at who in Jesus, who was a man who became human, experienced all of the temptations at each of the Christ stages, at each step along the journey and the roadblocks, he ran into them and the graces and he shows me the way and he encourages me and he's with me in it yeah the humanity of jesus is such a blessing to us and so it helps you to realize that you're not left to wrestle through the stuff in your life alone you're saying christy but to look uh, closely open your heart to jesus and his life as it's uh, laid out for us in the stories of the Gospels and to see how Jesus went through some things like y- you're going through. Exactly. And he went through it perfectly. Not that he went through it without any pain or trial or struggle. He had the desolations and the consolations that we write about in Journey of the Soul. We share some of ours, but also we share Jesus's journey. Yeah. So like I think about, you know, Jesus as a leader and you know, how did he deal with challenges? And I see times where maybe he felt alone or uh, where actually maybe he didn't know what to do and he needed to pray and to listen to the Father. And it it really helps me because I realized that, you know, wow, even Jesus, who was perfect and never sinned, but yet he still needed to grow. He still needed faith. He still needed to depend on God. And sometimes um, as Christians in our reverence for Jesus as the Son of God, which is essential, we miss the other side of Jesus, which is also essential, which is that he's a human being. And so uh, this even shows up in like our translations. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. That's the way that's typically translated. But the uh, accurate translation, the literal translation, is that the faith of Jesus, meaning that, yeah, Jesus, um, we put faith in Jesus, but Jesus put faith in God. And so we put faith in Jesus and we put faith in God. 
And so it's helpful to separate out in our, our journey that the two sides of Jesus, his divinity and his humanity, and in his humanity, he's a model for us to learn and to, and to follow. And that gives us comfort. So I look at Jesus as a leader and I think, yeah, I think sometimes you know, he didn't know what to do. He's pausing there or he's changing his mind. And it helps me have uh, not go into shame when I don't know what to do. And I'm in a process and, or I make a mistake and I'm learning from my mistakes. And so uh, I can take a hold of Jesus' hand and sort of get back up and try again. You know, seeing Jesus's development through these stages has also helped me in my intimacy with him because wherever I am and my growth journey, whatever it is that I'm feeling, I've learned to stop and think, when did Jesus experience something like this? And how can I access his presence, his, his empathy with me in what I'm feeling? And then from there, trust him because that furthers my greater trust in him and then take his hand and let him lead me in this. And so that that's where I found find his grace power to forgive, for instance, or to do some of the, the harder things that I couldn't do on my own. Yeah, sometimes we, we get this idea, it might not even be conscious, but that when Jesus is giving us a model, that he's just sort of doing that for us. He's just like being an example to show us. But uh, it's like, you know, he's not really going through it for himself. He's just doing that for us. Well, the way you say this is it's like Jesus is like Einstein doing third grade math, but that that's the way we think, that it's just this easy exercise for him. He doesn't really have to try like a normal third grader does. You know, like he's faking it or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, the verse that you read from our Soul Talk cards, and, and by the way, uh, listeners, you can get that uh, from Soul Shepherding. Just go to our, our store on our website or go to journeythesoul.org and you'll, you'll see all the resources related to Journey of the Soul and how this can be helpful for uh, different supporting resources that, that help you go through the book, uh, especially with friends or as a whole church. Or if you're a pastor, we've got sermon notes for you. Or if you're a Bible teacher, you can use those notes to uh, teach the, the Christ ages. And we, we give you uh, lots of helps to, to uh, help you dig into the material. So in that Soul Talk card, uh, that you read us, Christy, we uh, recited uh, the verse from Luke that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and uh, people. And so that's showing Jesus' human development as a child, uh, but then going on into young adulthood and, uh, and through his adult life, Jesus is growing and developing. He's going through these stages and he's not just doing it as an example, he's doing it as, as a human being. And so, and the beauty of Jesus is like this unfolding uh, of God's grace and the, this, the perfections and, and the virtues of uh, a full uh, and true human being, uh, the second Adam uh, in God's intention for all of us, uh, men and women, uh, to uh, become more like Jesus. And so when we appreciate that the Son of God is also uh, in, in a sense, a, a fellow struggler, mm -hmm. uh, not a fellow sinner, except as he takes on our sin at the cross, but he, he, he falls down and skins his knee. And uh, sometimes he forgets things. And I don't think he's walking around with omniscience. I think he needs to listen to God. I think that he set aside his omniscience. You know, Philippians 2, Jesus set aside the privileges of the Godhead to become a human being. And so he's accessing divine power and knowledge and perfect love actually the same way that we do mm -hmm. by faith mm -hmm. and that's quite a marvel 
Uh, but Jesus' faith and trust in God, of course, is perfect. And, you know, we're never going to reach Jesus' level. I, there are, probably aren't many times that a human being by faith has calmed the storm. I mean, maybe it's happened. <laughs> you know, I think Elijah did that kind of thing. So, uh, and, and there were probably other times in history, and God does miracles through people. Uh, but uh, we're walking with Jesus and learning from him by, by watching his faith, watching him as a human being. And there is such empathy and compassion and encouragement for us in that. There is, and that Jesus was tested and tempted in every way. He, he had a free will. He could have chosen, and yet he endured those temptations and resisted them and enables us to as well. Yeah, and that's an important point that Jesus could have sinned. And for that matter, God could sin. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the eternal God could sin. Now that, some of our listeners, you know, seminary trained, say, well, wait, wait a minute, you know, how could that be? Well, you know, the way Dallas answered that was to say, well, yeah, God could sin, but he's too smart. <laughs> you know, when we really break it down, sin is stupid. <laughs> it's a lack of, of knowledge uh, and uh, awareness about the best life. Mm-hmm. In a, because to love and honor God and to love our neighbor is, is the happiest life. And so Jesus was, was too smart. He was too tuned in to God. He was, frankly, he was too well-read in the scriptures and just too uh, compassionate to, to go down the path of sin when he was tempted or when sin was an expedient, seemingly expedient option. Instead, Jesus, Jesus took the path of, of morality and the path of love with God. Well, let's uh, look at the Christ stages in Jesus's life here and, and net some of this out specifically. Yeah, so like in the blog that came out today, we talk about fuel for your journey with Jesus. And, uh, you know, as most of you know, each podcast has a companion blog to it. And I just want to give you that wording that these uh, trusting in Jesus and, and specifically we're talking right now about looking to him as a human being to get a hold of his faith in God that is fuel. That, that's our grace source, like we talked about last week on the podcast. These stages of faith are stages of grace, and grace is God's favor. It's God's empathy for us, but it's also God's power. It's fuel. It's, uh, it's strength to uh, do great things for the Lord. So in the C stage, we see in Jesus that he shows confidence in God at an early age. He develops uh, a loving relationship with his father uh, through uh, people, uh, obviously uh, Mary, his mother, uh, Joseph, uh, probably the synagogue leaders there in Nazareth, and uh, you know Mary especially. There's a very uh, uh, wonderful bond between mother and son that is illustrating the the trust uh, in God. That you know, in Psalm 22, David says to the Lord, "I learned to trust in you at my mother's breast," and so so tender the nurture there. And, and we can tell from, you know, Mary treasuring and pondering Jesus and the significance of his life and uh, just the, the stories that what a devoted mother she was. And this was important for Jesus in his development to receive her love and her nurture. And we as Christians need that time where we can just receive God's love abundantly. One of the ways that that happens for us is in the church. And that's why the church is the symbol for our sea stage. Because sometimes, you know, uh, first of all, we need more than what we can get from our mother, as uh, loving as a mother can be. And, and also because some of us have some real mother wounds where we, we didn't receive 
the uh, the nurturing and empathy that that we needed. And so we need other relationships to to develop along the way where we are receiving that that grace, that empathy, that that nurture, and and we're looking to God in that in that friendship or that counselor, that spiritual director, that pastor, that small group leader, you know, whoever that person is. And, and many of you listening, all of you listening, you are that to people in your life, whether it's your kids or your grandkids or someone that you're discipling. And uh, to provide that, that, that deep-hearted, uh, uh, compassionate caring that helps somebody facilitate their, their trust in God, that's the foundation of our faith. And so the H stage is help and discipleship. And the verse that, that Christy just read to us, uh, you know, our Lord grew in strength and wisdom and in grace with God and people uh, from, from Luke chapter 2. And so, you know, Jesus was taught and he was encouraged. He had to study the scriptures. You know, I, I like to joke, you know, well, Jesus didn't come out of Mary's womb, uh, you know, reciting Psalms. He had to learn to read. He had to uh, read the Psalms. And at some point, the insight came to him uh, from the Scripture and from the Holy Spirit, that's me. I'm the Messiah. That Psalm there is prophesying the life that I'm to live and how I am to teach people God's way and how I'm to go to the cross and die for the sins of humanity to reconcile people to God. And he had to learn the law. And he had to learn love for the law and appreciation of the wisdom and the truth in law and then learn that he was to come to fulfill it not abolish it and he had to learn to be a good carpenter you know working with wood or might have been a stone cutter working with stone and so probably from his father he probably learned that trade and then learning how to do that with love for his neighbors and in god's presence that's all part of his discipleship so the R stage, responsibilities in ministry. And so as a young adult, Jesus grew in this stage. Uh, we see him teaching the scriptures, uh, even at age 12 in the temple, to the religious leaders. And as I just mentioned, in his job as a carpenter, you know, he's learning uh, and developing skills. He's taking on responsibilities, and he's learning to do that uh, in love for God. And one of the things we talk about in Journey of the Soul is that these stages aren't linear, that we transition between stages. So this is a good example, I think, Jesus, of being in the R and the H stage there in the temple as a 12-year-old. He's in the temple. He's still in the H stage. He's still learning the law. He's still growing in his understanding of Scripture. And But then you see him starting to get growing responsibilities and taking on some responsibilities and venturing out to use his gifts and his understanding that he, that he has and to offer it. And then we uh, come to the wall. Uh, if we haven't already hit the wall, usually after some years in the R stage uh, in midlife, we, we hit the wall. And uh, it might be a time where we just feel flat and empty or uh, like you went through, Christy, where we're just really questioning God's goodness and love because of all the suffering in the world and it just breaks our heart, and why does God allow that? Uh, so different uh, crises of, of doubt or uh, burnout, these sorts of things, uh, we call the wall. Uh, and uh, this is a transition between the first half of the journey in the Christ stages and the second half of the journey. And, you know, Jesus very clearly hit the wall. 
Uh, most obviously in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, as he's sweating drops of blood and probably Satan's trying to kill him right there in the garden uh, and just squeezing his heart to death. And Jesus is trying to get to the cross because he needs to die publicly. And just Jesus is watching and praying with such intensity and anticipation of going to the cross, which is the goal of his whole life. So he's not trying to get out of the cross. I and mean, maybe there's a temptation to get out of it, but the, the, the main part of him and the best part of him is trying to get to the cross because it's the whole point of everything. And so he's, he's in deep travail there and deep anguish. And uh, we, he's at the wall and it's t- tough to get through. And he needs to rely on the Holy Spirit. And even angels come to minister to him, which is probably the case for us a, a lot more than we realize. But that's not the only time Jesus hit the wall. You know, uh, he was rejected in his hometown of Nazareth by his, his kinfolk, even his family, even his, his, his mother and uh, siblings in, in some ways put expectations on him and seemed to reject him. We read uh, early in the Gospels. And so that's probably he's hitting the wall there. That's difficult for him. And it probably brought up some questions. Uh, and even, even before that, uh, you know, this is, you know, inferring just in the white spaces, but ages 12 to 30, 18 years. You know, what's Jesus doing? Uh, he's working as a carpenter. He's, you know, lost in an insignificant small town, and nobody knows who he is, and he's certainly not saving the world. He doesn't have a bunch of people he's, he's teaching. You know, he, he's working as a, a blue-collar worker. Uh, he, he's like a, a, a migrant worker or a, a refugee that's come across the border uh, today uh, in America or another country, and they're just glad to be there and glad to have some work and they're underpaid and, and probably mistreated. Uh, but, but, uh, that's what Jesus is doing. He's, he's working, uh, as a, as a carpenter, probably not well paid, probably for wealthy people and probably being kicked around and, and mistreated and loaning out his tools and not getting them back. And he's learning how to bless those that curse him. And is probably hitting the wall at some point in there. And, I mean, because he looks pretty good at 12. Let's send him out. We need him, you know. But Jesus is waiting on the Father's timing. And I don't think he's like omniscient, like at age 12. Okay, and I'm going to wait 18 years, and then then I'll launch my public ministry because uh, I know that's the best thing to do. That, it's unlikely. That I, you know, I think that taking on the limitations of being a human being, he doesn't have that kind of knowledge. He's, he's walking it out with his Father in the same way that we walk out life with the Lord. So Jesus hits, hits the wall, and uh, yet through these trials, he loves the Lord, and he loves others with joy. And then we come to the I stage, uh, and uh, Jesus is uh, experiencing an inner journey, spirituality, and this is times of being uh, uh, quieter times, being less oriented towards outward uh, ministry. And so the I stage is the shift from the R stage. So in the R stage, you know, we're busy, we're active, we're serving God, we're using our gifts, we're helping people, uh, working with our hands as Jesus was maybe, working with our hearts by teaching others, listening to others, caring for others, pastoring, uh, many ways that we can serve God in the R stage. But after some years of doing this, uh, and because we haven't yet fully learned to rely on God with us and the power of the Spirit, we get tired and we get discouraged and would probably hit the wall. And so it's at the wall that we start, uh, we have a special opportunity, if we can see it this way, to slow down and to ask questions and to 
ask someone to listen to us and to find a friend or a counselor and to take this deeper journey. Uh, the symbol we use for the inner journey is a shovel because we, we need to do, we need to dig into the stuff of our life and maybe our history, our emotions, uh, our, our struggles, our sins. We need to dig into this stuff and say, you know, what am I feeling there? And why is, why is that going on? And where is God in this? And, and not, not rush to the, the Sunday school answers or the, the, the right doctrine, but to, to be like Jacob who, who wrestled with the angel before his challenge with Esau and being scared that Esau was gonna, his brother Esau was going to kill him. He wrestled all night with the Lord and with the angel of the Lord over how do I, how do I deal with um, uh, my brother Esau and this, you're calling my life and the birthright and all, all this stuff. How do I, how do I, what am I doing here? And I, I, in just being emotionally honest in, in our prayers. And so that's what's happening at the wall if we let the Spirit do its work and then it's prompting this inner journey which is opening up for us the second half of the spiritual journey. And so for Jesus, we see him in the inner journey as he's often withdrawing to uh, be uh, alone in prayer, uh, uh, even uh, in the desert wilderness in his fasting and his trials. He's, he's in the inner journey of wrestling through things and he's practicing spiritual disciplines. And he, he's not in a season of outward ministry. It's, it's a season of inward reflection. And uh, again and again, we see in the scriptures that he withdraws from the crowds to, uh, for his own quiet times, his own solitude and silence with the Father. And these are inner journey movements of reflection and deeper prayer and, and emotion and, and longing for God. Uh, Jesus' baptism is a wonderful example of the, of the inner journey because uh, the um, Father speaks over him, you are my beloved son and in you I am well pleased. And in the inner journey, you're also disentangling from culture and the influence of culture on you that has been a really crucial and actually nurturing to you in the first journey. But then the second journey, you're learning that you need to be able to disconnect from it and not get caught up in it and not get ego attachments. And this is how Jesus uh, here in, in his inner journey was nurturing that, that ability to then be able to say, I only do what the Father tells me to do, which is spirit-led ministry. Yeah, in spirit-led ministry, we're now we're on a sailboat. We're being powered by the wind. We're being powered by the by the Holy Spirit. And you know, Jesus, we see Jesus in the S stage throughout the Gospels. It really, it, it, you you could make a case that so much of Jesus' ministry, we just see him showing us how to how to love people, how to teach people, how to minister uh, healing to people, uh, how how to pray. Uh, and, and do it in the anointing, uh, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Jesus' miracles and uh, his teachings, uh, you know, is so much one of spirit-led ministry. So, so often uh, Jesus' uh, teachings and miracles come when he's interrupted. And if you just go through the Gospels and cut out of your, the pages in your Bible, all the times that Jesus is interrupted, we would lose like a third or more of the Gospels. And Jesus was interruptible. That is a, a characteristic of, of patience, of, of presence, of compassion for people, of submission to God, the, so, the sovereign Lord, of, 
of openness to be redirected. And that's what we're like in the S stage. I'm thinking of Jesus when he says to the disciples after John the Baptist is beheaded, come away with me, let's get some rest. And then they get out of the boat and there's crowds there. And Jesus, we see him in spirit-led ministry. He's able to give and to respond and to minister to the crowds there. His retreat has been interrupted, but he's in in spirit-led ministry where he's able to redirect there. Because Jesus has done so much inner journey work to cultivate that intimacy with the God he calls Abba, Papa. He's done so much growth in that intimacy, in his humanity now, that when he's interrupted, it's not like he's on the edge of burnout. Because in that story that uh, Christy's referring to, friends, Jesus, when John the Baptist dies, that's Jesus' cousin. That's the forerunner. That's like a the forerunner to the Messiah, that's like a big deal. And so Jesus is grieving and he's asking questions. And that's a signal for him of like, okay, I'm, it's time to ramp it up in my ministry because the, the forerunner, you know, in a way, uh, a mentor to Jesus uh, is, is now off the scene because Herod has killed him. And so Jesus, we read in Matthew, Jesus wants to go off and be alone on his own retreat. Mm-hmm. But then the disciples come running up to him and they, they want a retreat with him because they've just been out ministering in Jesus' name and beginning to learn how to do it. They're sort of getting their first uh, taste. Responsibilities in ministry for them. <laughs> yeah. And so Jesus yeah. says, okay, you know, you can join my retreat. And so then they're on the boat and they, they get a, a retreat together on the lake. But then when they get to the other side of the lake, there's all these crowds of people. And the disciples are like, send them away. They're, they're not in the S stage. They're not in the overflow. They're not wounded healers yet. They're back over here. You know, I, I need some stuff for me here from Jesus. I want to keep Jesus to myself, which we, probably we can understand that. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you give them something to eat. They're hungry. And Jesus shows them how to, how to be filled up with grace so that when you're interrupted, you got bandwidth. You're living with margin and you can care for other people. And so that is a, just such a powerful example of the S stage. And what's the T stage in Jesus' life? So in transforming union, uh, we see this, uh, you know, especially uh, in the end of Jesus' ministry, uh, the way that Jesus uh, embodies God's compassion for the disadvantaged and the despised. Uh, gosh, all different groups of people in Jesus' day, ethnic minorities, uh, women, lepers, widows, little children, beggars, tax collectors. Uh, and we give you the scripture references uh, for all of this in today's blog. Because what we're actually doing is we're going through the Gospel of Luke. Because Luke is the one, you know, Dr. Luke, he's the one that gives us the, the childhood of Jesus. And he takes that developmental angle on Jesus uh, uh, as a doctor through the whole of of Jesus's life and teachings. And he shows us the humanity of Jesus in a special way. And so we see Jesus each of these stages. So uh, in our book, we, we go into a lot more detail. It's one of my favorite parts of the book is we have a whole Bible study on the life of Jesus uh, going through these stages. And in the book, we also do the same thing for the Apostle Paul. And I, and I love and that Abraham too. And Abraham too. And Abraham, yeah, because we were grounded in God's word and we want to see how does, you know, does this really work in the scriptures? And so just some different angles into the model of the Christ stages. But the heart of the whole thing is what we've shared with you in this podcast. And that's that we're, we're doing this journey with Jesus. These are Christ stages because Jesus went through them first. And, and Jesus is, he's the journey. 
Uh, it is his person. It is his faith in God. It is his perfection and his holiness that we need. Not only does Jesus model for us the Christ ages, but really the even better news is that he mediates them to us. It's a gift of grace. Jesus doesn't just point it out and say, okay, this is what you need to do. And let me lay it out for you. Here are these stages of faith. He says, and I'm with you. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to whisper in your ear. I'm going to walk you through these stages and make it possible for you to grow by grace. Jesus, thank you. We worship you. We rely on you. We look to you. We trust you to lead us, to guide us. Thank you for the privilege that our stories, our journeys are a part of yours, that you're with us, that you give us such weight, such honor, that you're our very life. And so we ask, Lord, that you would continue to teach us and grow us, continue to minister your grace to each one of us, where we are with you on the journey. Thank you that this is a joyful journey of ever-increasing glory with you. Amen. Have you been to journeyofthesoul.org yet? We hope so, because we've got there for you an abundance of resources. One of those is some videos that Bill and I recorded for you to use with a small group or your own discipleship as you're going through the journey of the soul. We've got our Soul Talk cards on there so you can see the deck of cards with the questions, the Spotify playlist. We are so enjoying listening to these songs and just celebrating God with us in each of the stages of our journey. If you're a pastor, there's sermon outlines on there for you to go through this series and to help the people in your church understand each other and grow in empathy for each other through understanding these stages and different places where they are on their journey with Jesus. So. Thanks for journeying with us. We love to be on the journey with you. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.